Well, good morning. Good to see you guys here today. If you've got your Bibles, let's go to Ephesians chapter 2. We started a new series last week entitled Make It Count. And so uh, the idea is that we don't want to waste our life. We want to make our life, in fact, count. And so uh, we looked last week at what the end is going to look like. Because if we want to really truly make our life count, then it's important that we think about what the end of our life begins to look like. You know, who do we want to be remembered as? Uh, What do we want people to say about us? Uh, We want to think through what that end looks like because then when we have a clear picture of who we want to be, then today we can begin to create a plan and begin to do the things that are necessary in order to get there. And so we looked at Matthew chapter 5, or chapter 25, where Jesus gives us this parable. It's more like a, a, an apocalyptic kind of vision of the end times. And he talks about the final judgment. And, and uh, the final judgment is based on our faith, but the evidence of our faith is that we are doing ministry. And specifically, he talks about these basic needs of caring for the hungry, caring for those who need clean water, clothing, welcoming strangers, caring for the sick, and, and prison ministry. And so when I say uh, the, the 2020 vision for this year um, is to create ministries, these are the su- specific areas that we want to concentrate on. And we want to develop further some of these things that we already have existing. We just want to make them better. And, and there are some areas that we need to just flat out create. And so uh, this is exciting for us. And, and I want to ask that everybody here sincerely uh, get involved. Like pray through, consider, and it's on you to actually get involved and to actually begin to serve. And, and uh, as, you, as we talk through this, there's tons of information on our website. Uh, you can visit the kiosk in the atrium today. Some of our volunteers and staff will be there to answer questions as you have uh, uh, questions that come up and, and things that you're, you're thinking through on various ministries. But it's on all of us to do our part. I mean, I've got the desire. I want to lead. I want to do my part. But at the end of the day, if the people of Foothills Church don't step up and say, yeah, I'm going to serve in this area. Yes, I want to be a part of creating this ministry. Then it just doesn't happen. And so this is everyone here. I don't care if this is your first time here or if you've been here for a long time or maybe you just went through base camp or maybe you're watching from home today. Um, it's going to take all of us to actually do this, that, these things that God is calling us to do. And, and at the end of the day, I hope that you want to make your life count. Uh, Now, obviously, maybe 2020 has really been discouraging uh, to you. There's been division, there's uh, the political situation, uh, you've got uh, the pandemic, and you've got all kinds of things that are happening right now that, that have made 2020 discouraging. But when you think about it, even though the world doesn't want us around in so many ways. Don't, they don't want our opinion. They don't want Christians involved in, in the social scene. Listen, this is the exact time that God's church needs to rise up. Because the people in this world, the people in our community need to see what Jesus looks like. They need to hear how Jesus talks. They need to see what Jesus does. And the way that they see that, the tangible way that they see that is that the people of God rise up and become the good in this world that it needs. Does us no good to rant and rave and to get frustrated and discouraged and get upset? It's time for us to actually unite together as a church and do what God is calling us to do. And so that's why I think this series is extremely timely for us right now. Um, 
I encourage you to download the FC app. Our 25-day devotion starts today. So for the next 25 days, we're going to be in the same scriptures together, praying together. Uh, If you've got the app, you'll get a notification to remind you this is a way to help build that habit of being in God's word and and getting all of us kind of on the same page and praying for the same thing. So I pray that this isn't just like something that goes in one ear and out the other ear and you leave today and just go about your life. What we are trying to do is we are trying to unite together as a church behind some common practices and and, and faith that would lead us to do something that I believe will change this community. And so it's going to require all of us engaging in this devotion, engaging in prayer, and asking sincerely, God, how do you want me to serve in this church? And, And on December 13th, how do you want me to give? This is our vision offering every single year that we collect. This is a one-time gift and it's a, it's a commitment to give over and above uh, for the year 2021. And so uh, I pray that you are taking this seriously. I know in a, in a pandemic, things financially might be different uh, for you. And, 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 and even though that might be a reality, the question that we still have to ask is, God, how do you want me to engage? How do you want me to serve? And what can I give to make this a reality for our church? So I, I pray that every single one of us are taking this extremely seriously. Um, let's do a quick survey now. A uh, quick survey. So crowd participation. You ready? Stretch. You're going to have to raise a hand for this. Um, how many of you, when you get a call on your cell phone um, and, and, and you don't have that particular person in your contact, so it's just a number. It doesn't say like, Trent Stewart is calling. You know what I'm saying? You don't know who it is. How many of you in that situation still answer your phone by show of hands? Let me see who you guys are. <clears throat> you just got to know who it is. You know, got to know. Now, how many of you, when that happens, there's no chance you're going to answer that? Okay, that's most of us. There's no chance that's happening for me, right? And so um, I, I think about that and I laugh. And, and, and then I think, you know, what if there's this one-off chance that this is this incredibly important phone call <laughs> that is going to change my life or this great news is going to happen um, and, and, and I simply, uh, you know, ignore it or, or, or turn it off. I kind of go through that five-second dilemma every time that happens, but usually I just ignore it. Um, <laughs> but here's what I want to talk about today. Um, today I want you to know that God is calling each and every one of you. God actually has a calling for each one of us in this room, a specific calling that he wants you to accomplish and that he wants you to experience. And I'm afraid that there are too many Christians that simply are ignoring that call. They're not recognizing the voice of God, so they just ignore it. Or they're, they're, they're too busy and so they're, they're, they're kind of focused on other things. And, and, and maybe it's just out of disobedience. We just simply reject the call of God. I know in my life I spent some time just rejecting the call that God had on my life to uh, be a pastor. And so uh, wherever we're at on that today, I want you to know that God's calling you to do something. And it's on us today. My, my goal is really to get you excited about that. My goal is to get you curious about that. My my hope is that you'll pray about it and that you'll begin to kind of figure out 
what that calling is. It's not something that you just jump right into. You've got to begin to experience that. And over time, God begins to reveal that. So um, the next question that I want to ask in this series is what's my role? What's, what's my role? And everyone just needs to begin to honestly ask that question. What's my role in the vision, God, that you're giving to Foothills Church? I'm partnering with this church. This is where God is feeding me. This is where my kids are getting fed. This is where God is, is working. So we're, we're engaged in this community of believers. And so that means God has a call and God has a role for me to fulfill here at FC. And so what is that call? And, and here's the great news. When we begin to engage in that, God uses you to change lives. That's what's exciting. Like when you get involved, and all those of you who are already involved in various ways, when we talk about life change and you hear stories and things are happening, like God changes lives when we join together and, and use our giftedness to, to do ministry. And at the same time, what happens, and this is what I love here, is that God changes you in the process. So I could never grow, I could never be who I am today if I hadn't have been faithful in my past to, to serve in various capacities. And so as I serve, God puts me in situations and God begins to do things in my life that, that leads to growth in my life. And, and we cannot experience that growth if we're just sitting on the sidelines, just, just attending or just kind of here. And so I want to see God change lives and, and, and I want God to change me. And so that's, what I, that, that, that's one of the, the, the things that as we worship God, we begin to see when I'm giving him my, my efforts and my time and my talent and my resources, I see God change people and then God changes me. And, and I just want you to experience that as well, to be a faithful follower of Christ. That's what ends up happening. Like we begin to see that. And so in Ephesians chapter 2, we're going to look at very familiar passages today. But these are such life-altering, impactful, can't forget them, change how you do life verses in the Bible. Some of the most powerful verses in the entire Bible that I want to take it bit by bit today and explain it to you. So in, in Ephesians chapter 2, verse 8, here we go. He says, It is for by grace you have been saved through faith, and this is not your own doing. It is the gift of God, not as a result of works, so that no one may boast. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. And so if you're taking notes today, we're going to take the, the three main points. The fir first point is this. You've, got a, you've been gifted in at least three ways based on this verse, uh, these verses. You've been gifted in at least three ways. So let me talk about these three ways for a minute. First of all, as a believer, you've been gifted with faith. Now think about that. That was a gift that God gave to you if you are a follower of Jesus. Now, if you have not committed your life to Christ, then this gift hasn't been received yet. But those of us who have become a follower of Christ, you've been gifted with faith. Verse 8, you might circle this in your Bible. This is not your own doing. Very clear. You did not do this. Not a, a result of works. Works, just simply good deeds. It's not a result of how many times you you know, went to church. It's not a result of how many people you fed or you clothed or any of these ministries. It's your salvation is a gift. That faith that you have received is a gift from God, right? And this is huge 
Because a lot of people don't understand this. This doesn't mean that we're, you know, simply robots and that, you know, God is like zapping us with faith. And no, like we hear the gospel and then God holds us responsible for what we do with what we have heard and what we have experienced. And so there is this responsibility that, that, that God places on us to respond. And at the same time, it is God himself who is giving you, he is giving me the gift of faith. He's allowing my eyes to be open, my heart to be open to receive Jesus as my Lord and Savior. And he says, this is not something that you have accomplished on your own. That's why you can't boast about it or brag about it. And so the idea here is that faith doesn't come from ourselves. It's a gift from God. It doesn't come from my gifts. It doesn't come from my good ideas or what I did. It comes straight from God. He provides that faith. And here's the great news. God has already accomplished what, it requ- what is required to actually save us. What Jesus is doing on the cross, he's not dying to be a good role model for you. Jesus isn't dying because he's a criminal. He was, you know, he was guilty of something. Jesus is actually dying because he is taking your place. That was the requirement. Sin must be punished. And so instead of punishing you, our God, our creator punished Jesus on the cross to take your place. And so Jesus dies, but on the third day, he rises from the grave, defeating death, defeating sin, conquering death in the grave, allowing you and offering you redemption today. That is the good news of the Bible. We call it the gospel, right? And, 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 and we can never forget that. We have to be reminded about that constantly because when I'm reminded and I, and, and I further understand what Jesus is doing on the cross, that leads me to be thankful, that leads me to worship, that leads me to understand that he went through that. He, he, he's, he's calling me now to do something for him and, and with him. It's not just a good story that we tell our kids. It is something that we have committed our life to. And he says, no one can boast about this. So our salvation is not something that we can brag about because we didn't accomplish it. Jesus actually accomplished it. He did all the work that was required so that we could have faith today. Now, you know people who have taken credit for one of your ideas. It happened at work or something and, and uh, somebody gets praised for an idea and, and you're like, man, that was my idea, you know? How many of that happened to you? And that's kind of like, no, nah, I don't like that, right? Some of you watch Seinfeld and uh, a little Seinfeld reference today. He, uh, one time there's a character called George and he was with his friend Elaine and they go buy lunch for a friend. George actually pays for the salad. It was a, it's called a big salad. And then they go give the friend the food. Elaine gives the food to the friend and the friend tells Elaine, hey, thank you. And Elaine says, you're welcome. Well, George is sitting there thinking, I bought the salad. Like, don't thank her, thank me. And so the whole episode is about this. And so it's called Big Salad. And if anybody ever big salad you, then you know that they took credit for something you did. Now, here's the thing. You, you can't big salad God on your salvation. You can't, you can't take credit for any of it. You can't take credit for one single ounce of your salvation. And so that's why we are on our face, on our knees before a holy God, praising him every Sunday, every day of our life, worshiping him 
for the gift of our faith. Amen? Yeah, it's good. B, as a believer, you've been gifted with a unique design. Now, verse 10 says we are his workmanship. So you might circle that word in the Bible, workmanship. This is a word that could be translated as masterpiece. So you specifically have been created as a masterpiece. God created you and designed you in a unique way. Nobody is like you. Think about it. People try all kinds of things to be different and to be unique. But the reality is in Christ, you are already created with a unique design. You're already unique. You're a result of God's work and everything good in you is put there by God. Now that's incredible that every single one of us is different. Nobody is exactly like you. You have a unique thumbprint. You have a a unique face print. My face couldn't unlock your iPhone today, right? Everyone in this room has uh, various things that make them unique and God designed you specifically in that way. So uh, many people uh, wish they were somebody else. You know, I hear this all the time, like, you know, well, I would do this, but I'm not like that guy. I wish I, wish I was like that guy and I had, well, you know, his giftedness. And, 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 and I wish, you know, I had, you know, a wife like that or a husband like that. And, you know, I wish if, if I had money like that, then I would be able to do things like that. And, you know, we constantly say, if I, if I, if I, if I, you know, what we've got to do is we've got to stop thinking in that way. As, as long as your attitude is, is what you don't have, then you never truly understand who God created you to be. You're always worried about what you don't have and you, you don't realize the giftedness, the uniqueness that God has already placed in your life. So a huge part of following Christ then is figuring that out, right? That's the journey. You don't get a handbook, you know, of, you know, Three steps to discover who you are when you join the church. It's like, you don't, you, you, it's not always that simple and easy, but we can begin to learn how we are uniquely designed in, in, in a lot of ways. You know, obviously it's, it's, it's serving in ministry. As I serve in ministry, I, I start to see, okay, I'm, I'm not bad at this, or I'm really not good at that. You know, I, I, I shouldn't be singing on Sunday morning. I shouldn't be doing, you know, some other things, but I can, I can do this or I can do that. Um, a lot of times when we, uh, realize that when we're in the Word of God and, and when we're, we're, you know, we're praying and we're in God's Word, this is how God speaks to us. This is how God guides and, and, and shows us and begins to open up doors that we actually see. Um, and so uh, living for God, just simply following and living for God instead of indulging in sin. If you are practicing you know, habitual sin in your life, you are blinded from God's design. You can't see how God created you uniquely because you're indulging in, 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 in this sinful behavior and you're missing it. You can't see it. And so this is what Camp 2 is all about here at FC. You talk about base camp. This is, this is the first step so that you can discover God's mission and, and purpose for the church and how you can get involved. And then Camp 2 is all about discovering your unique Design And the word design is actually an acronym. So real quick, let's walk through this. The letter D is for desires. So the question really becomes, what am I passionate about doing? What are you passionate about? What do you have a burden for? You know, God gives us certain passions. He gives us certain burdens in our life. 
And when we begin to understand what those burdens are, what, what, what that passion is, that's a good indicator of, of what God is, is, is calling us to do. And so what are you passionate about? Um, you've probably had uh, a, what I call an SDS moment, somebody do something moment. You know, when you look around the world, when you're working, when you're going about your business and you have this moment that gets you fired up, you have a burden, you're passionate about it and you say, somebody do something about this. You ever had that? Like that's how you begin to see what your passion in life is. Moses had this SDS moment. Remember, he sees his people in slavery. They are in bondage and he's like, somebody do something and God says, go. You see Nehemiah in the, in the Bible, he, he sees the walls of Jerusalem broken down, all of the people displaced and not following God. And he says, somebody do something. And God says, go, you're going to rebuild the wall. David has this moment. He sees this incredibly huge giant who's making fun of God and, and dishonoring the people of God. And David says, somebody do something. And God says, go cut his head off, right? That's the part we leave out in Sunday school back in the day. But it's the fun part. There's a guy, there's a prophet named Amos. And and Amos looks around and he sees all these politicians who are corrupt. He sees all of this injustice in the world. They're ripping off the poor. They're not taking care of the middle class. And he says, somebody do something. And God says, go, you speak. Speak truth. You see, Every single one of us has a burden for something, has a passion. And, and when you experience that passion, you get fired up. And, and when you get fired up, that might be an indication that this is something that God has given to you. And, and, and listen, not everything that we get passionate about is, is God's design for us. Sometimes those are sinful passions. You know, those are, those are wrong passions. But in, in other ways... What God gives you a burden for is going to be revealed. So why do you get so you know, excited about that or fired up about that? Because somewhere on a deep spiritual, you know, spiritual DNA level, you are connecting with a God burden, a God passion in your life. And we want to recognize those. And we want to pursue those things that we're passionate about, right? So that's, that's the first area. Then we talk about experiences. So what has my life history prepared me to do? So we look at what you've gone through. You've gone through some tough times. Those tough times, those painful situations were not just so that you could experience pain. No, God wanted to teach you something through that pain. He wanted you to grow. He wanted your faith to deepen. And then he wanted you to recycle that pain to help somebody else who might go through that. Right? So what are those experiences in your life that have have helped mold you and create you to be? And so you've got experiences, then you've got your spiritual growth. What areas of my life do I need to mature in? So you've got some growth, whatever level of growth you're on. And then you, we all know we, we're not there yet. We all got to continue to grow. There are, there's more growth that we need. And so we've got to determine now where we're at and be honest about that and recognize the reality of I'm, I'm really immature in this area. And when I recognize that, then I can begin to take steps to grow. So there's spiritual growth. And then you talk about individual style. This is your personality. What am I best suited to do? So every single one of us has a unique personality. 
So we go through what's called the Enneagram and help you understand how uh, you are wired and what motivates you. And, and uh, we're all created uniquely with that. And so what suits you best based on that personality? And then we've got the letter G stands for gifts. Every single believer in Christ has a spiritual gift. So what are you gifted to do? God gifted me to teach. So if I'm not going to teach, then I, I rob people, right? And, and, and if you don't use the spiritual gifts that you have, then you will rob the church. And so we've got to understand what those gifts are. And then finally, we look at the natural abilities. So what, what am I good at doing? So these are the things that are just naturally, uh, natural gifts that God has given to you. And so some of you are naturally gifted with creating and, and uh, maybe design or maybe sports or, or uh, you know, mechanical things. So you're, you're naturally gifted in those ways. Now here's a question. Why does God give us a unique design? Why does he do that? Well, it's for letter C here. As a believer, you've been gifted with an assignment, with an assignment. So verse 10 says that we were created in Christ Jesus for what? For good works, which God prepared beforehand. So every single one of us has an assignment. God prepared the good work that he is calling you to do beforehand. Before what? Before you were even born. So beforehand, before you were even born, God knew what your design was going to be. And he created you specifically with that design in mind. He prepared it beforehand that you would do good works. He doesn't just uniquely design you so that you can feel good about yourself and, and have confidence in life. No, that is, that is not why he gives us a unique uh, design. He does it because he has given us an assignment. You know, I'm going to find meaning and purpose in life when I discover what that assignment is for me. And I'm going to waste a lot of my life. I'm going to waste a lot of time. And trust me, I wasted a lot of time in my life and did a lot of dumb things trying to find happiness and trying to feel like I was, you know, uh, important. But that just led me to darker places and, and emptiness in my life. And if you were honest, the same thing happened to you. It was only when I began to lean into the unique design that God created me to do. So all of us are busy. We're all busy doing things. But the question we have to ask is, are, are we busy doing the right things? And so as we think about this, what are the right things that lead us to the assignment that God is going and has called us to do. So you could ignore it. You could just ignore the call. You could um, run from it. Or you could embrace it and start to discover that purpose and fulfillment in life that your heart is longing for. I love what 1 Corinthians chapter 7 says. It says, only let each person lead the life that the Lord has assigned to him into which God has called him. This is my role in all the churches. So the Lord has assigned to you a specific purpose, a specific thing that he wants you to be involved in, a, a specific calling for each of us. Um, and so this is where I think a lot of Christians get it wrong. I think a lot of times Christians just kind of uh, miss this step and we miss this idea of what God has actually 
uh, calling us to do because we grow up thinking, especially here in America, and well-intentioned parents are part of the problem. Uh, we grow up thinking, you know, you can do anything you want to do. do. Just, just follow your dreams and go accomplish your dream. And it sounds good, but it's missing an important phrase there. Because most of our dreams are just selfish, indulgent, um, prideful goals that, that, that we just want to accomplish so that people can bless us or, or we can be famous or have more money. And so what we have to dial in there is not just pursuing our dreams. Your life isn't about pursuing your dreams. It's about fulfilling God's dream for you. It's about doing the things that God is calling you. And so the, the, the key is making sure that you're pursuing that dream that God has for you, that calling. God knows exactly what you're made for. He created you. So stop leaning into culture. Stop leaning into the lies of the world uh, and, and what the world is saying is going to bring you meaning. And start leaning into the God that created you and the God who has a plan for you. Because as soon as you begin to realize what that is, the sooner you'll experience that meaning in life. So let's recap, right? God gifted you in at least three ways. I could talk about many more, but according to these verses, God gifted you in three ways, right? So God gifted you with faith, God gifted you with a unique design, and God has gifted you with an assignment, right? And so we ask, okay, uh, what's next? What's next? So here in this passage, he tells us. Secondly, good works happen because people have needs, right? Verse 10 says, God, uh, that we were created in Christ Jesus, right, for good works. And so good works are, are necessary because people have needs, Right? And we see needs all around us. If, if, if people didn't have needs, there wouldn't be any need to have any good works. But the same power that creates us in Christ and saves us empowers us to do these good works. And so good works happen because people have needs. First Peter 4.10 says, Each of you should use whatever gift you have received to serve others as faithful stewards of God's grace in its various forms. So do good works because people have needs. Each of you should use whatever gift to serve others as faithful stewards. So let's start with this phrase, each of you. Each of you, every single one of you has been gifted to serve. And I know this is kind of one of those things where you're either, you know, way over here and you're like, oh man, I've been gifted in so many ways and I'm just amazing. Or you're way over here like, ah, I'm not good enough and I don't really have anything to offer to a church like I'm good, you know, at fixing cars, but I, I you know, I don't, I'm, I'm not like you, Trent. I like, I don't know what to do in, in, in church, right? I love the story of Martin Luther. Um, Martin Luther, the reformer, he's the German reformer, right? Um, and different from Martin Luther King Jr. Martin Luther King Jr. was named after Martin Luther, by the way. But so, so one man came to Martin Luther one day. He had just uh, received Christ. And so he goes to Martin and he says, he says, what, what should I do? Like, uh, uh, how, what is God calling me to do? And, 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 and his, his uh, kind of, the, the, the thought behind the question was like, should I become a monk? Should I become a priest? 
you know, and he was excited about his faith. And, and Luther said, well, what do you do? What's your job? And the man said, well, I'm a, I'm a shoe cobbler. And he says, well, I'll tell you what, here's what you should do. You should make a really good shoe and sell it at a fair price. And I love that. Because it allows us to understand that your vocational calling, like you're, you're a mechanic, you're an engineer, you're a teacher, that's a calling in and of itself, like the vocation that God has called you to. And then at the same time, the calling to do ministry because you're gifted isn't a separate thing. Like you don't do your vocational calling on Monday through Saturday and then show up on Sunday for this other compartmentalized part of who you are. No, no, you gotta take who you are into your business Make a really great shoe. Do your job to the best of your ability, right? And do it in a fair way. And as you do that, you're bringing your gift set. You're bringing the, the, the story of how God changed your life into that setting. You can share your faith with more people than I can, if you want to be honest, with more unchurched people because you're around them every single, uh, every single week and you get to have these conversations that I don't get to have. And so each of you have been gifted, so we, we lean into that giftedness. But then he says, I want you to be a, a faithful steward. Now, a faithful steward. Now, a steward just means, uh, um, stewardship means management. So we're called to be stewards. We're, we're managers of everything that we have, right? So, so the money that I have doesn't belong to me. Somebody's going to have that when I leave, uh, when, when, when I die. That's not, I, I don't own that. Uh, my health doesn't belong to me. Right? God owns my health. He can take it and, and do whatever he desires with my health. Uh, my finances, my body, my time. I'm not in charge of how much time I have. Like God is in charge of that. God owns everything. Time, talents, treasures. God owns everything. And, and everything that I have in my life is a gift from him. And so when the Bible says this word over and over again, it calls us managers of the various gifts that God has given to us. Our times, our time, our talents our treasures. And so we're to use what God loans to us in a faithful way to bring glory, to bring honor to him. So you're called to be a faithful manager. And then he says that you, are, you have received these gifts, right? Whatever gift you have received to what? To serve others, to serve others. You were gifted time, talents, treasures, natural abilities, all these unique ways that God designed you to serve other people. Now listen, one of the most important lessons you will ever learn in life is this right here. Your gifts are not for you. Your gifts are not for you. So often we selfishly take the gifts that God has given to us simply for ourselves. But if you want your life to count, you got to get this. You can't jump by this. You can't fake this. In the last five years of your life, you can't all of a sudden start to change things towards this. It has to happen now that we realize that the gifts that God has given to me are not for me. They're for others. So your ability to make a sale, your ability to teach, your ability to coach, your ability to lead other people, your ability to fix a car, your ability to, you know, um, finance um, in, in, in the banking world, whatever, whatever deal that is. God has given you all of these things. Your gifts were given for you to bless other people. 
no matter what those gifts actually are. We're, we're called to serve others with those gifts. God didn't put you on earth to live for yourself. He didn't put you on earth to build up your kingdom. He put you on earth to build up the kingdom of God. So we've got to ask an honest question today. How are you serving in God's church? If somebody were to ask you today, what is your ministry? Do you have a, you know, a, a response to that? If you're still figuring that out, then, then we've, got to, we've got to press into that in this series and start making a change. God never blesses selfishness. Hear that today. God's not going to bless your selfishness. It may look like it on the outside, looking at somebody else's life. Oh, man, he's selfish. Everything's for him. And it looks like God continues to bless that person. But in the end, God never blesses selfishness. If you think uh, make it count is about living your best life, you know, and, 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 and fulfilling all these things so that things could be wonderful for you, that's not what it's about. It's about discovering the ways in which God has gifted you to serve. So we look at Matthew 25 last week. In Matthew 25, we talked about all of these different things. I was hungry and you fed me. So how are we feeding? How are we, how are we actually doing that? Um, December 13th, we're going to collect some food here just as one easy, simple way to do that. We want our kids' ministry to do that. They're teaching the kids to do that um, as well. And so on that day, we're going to collect a bunch of food to give and donate to Second Harvest. Um, one way that you can do that. Um, we, uh, we talked about uh, last week, I was thirsty and you gave me something to drink. I, I pray that there's some people in here that would connect to the disaster relief ministry through the uh, Southern Baptist Convention. Like you, you, you work from home, you, you own your business, or maybe you're retired, so you have some flexibility. If a disaster happens somewhere, um, they'll train you and you're, you're able to pick up and leave for a couple of days to go serve. Wouldn't that be incredible? And um, that would be amazing. We're partnering with some organizations that are digging and creating wells all over the world uh, to create clean water, Christian organizations, and we want to we be a part of them. And maybe that's a calling that, and a burden that God puts on your heart to be involved in that kind of ministry. You can find out more about that. I was a stranger and you welcomed me. Maybe for you it's a simple step of, yeah, I'll, I'll get involved in guest services team and welcome all the people that are coming to church every week. And uh, I'll, I'll be a moderate, moderator for our online campus or whatever it is that, that God would, 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 would lead you to do that. Maybe your passion is, is, is for immigrants in our country. And so your desires, man, I, my heart, my burden is for that group of people. And so we've got uh, some incredible opportunities to do that. The nations have obviously, you know, poured in uh, to uh, America. And so there's some communities that we can actually engage in. We're starting that process. Maybe that would be something that God would call you to. Our orphan care ministry is a way that, that I was a stranger and you welcomed me. So maybe God would put on your heart to begin to foster uh, kids in this area. You know, these kids are strangers, but you welcome them into your home. Maybe that leads to uh, adoption or maybe God has put that on your heart. I was a stranger. You welcomed me. I was naked and you clothed me. So, so instead of having garage sales for $300 and wasting your Saturday morning and fighting with your spouse all week, why not just decide with your small group just to collect coats in the winter and take them to CARM? You don't have to wait for me to announce that from the stage. Just do it. Somebody do something, right? And we can begin to, to add value to the community. I was sick and you visited me. 
So maybe some of you might be led to be a part of our deacon ministry because that's just something that you care about, visiting hospitals or caring for those who are at home and and, and sick, maybe need a meal, maybe just need a card of encouragement, a phone call to encourage, lift up their spirits. You know, sometimes it's not just while people are sick, it's, it's the result of being sick. And so uh, as a result of being sick, uh, there, there's, there's a ministry we have called The Crew. And, and uh, there was a lady who had just gone through surgery and she wasn't, you know, wasn't doing well. And her house uh, was, was, uh, not, uh, didn't accommodate a wheelchair. And so The Crew went over, built a ramp, also did several repairs to her house to just love on her and care for her in that healing time. So there's all kinds of ways that, that you could care for the sick. And then we talked about our, our prison ministry. How do we do this? It's going to take people in here that have a burden for that. It's going to take resources to accomplish that. It's going to take all of us to be able to chip in and, and provide that. And when we think of all, the, all these different things, what is the best way to actually do that? Is it just to add more people to do this? What if we multiplied? Right? That's why we say let's multiply our campus so that we can put another church in another area where all of these things are happening in that area as well. So that's why we say 2021, man, we want to see God lead us to plant a, a, a location um, in Knoxville. So, so the question is, when you look around the world, you see all these needs around you. What do you have a burden for? And if you're like, the only burden I have is I, I have a burden to buy a new car. Or I have a burden to, to do this or to do that. Now, listen, new cars are great, fantastic. But what is the, the, the burden, the passion that God has put in your life, on your heart to make a difference in the world? What ministry would that lead you to? So some of you might need to just begin to pray, God, help me to break my heart for something that is breaking your heart. I don't have a burden. God, give me a passion. Help me to see what that is. So, so good works happen because people have needs. And then finally, we're called to make a commitment to walk God's path. We're called to make a commitment to walk God's path. Verse 10, look at it again. He closes the verse with that you should walk in them. That you should walk in them. In other words, that, that you should make a commitment to actually follow God's path for you. That you would actually make a commitment. You would begin to do the thing that God is, is calling you to do. Sometimes we get overwhelmed with this, but it can be something small today. It can be one step. Let's not talk about the, you know, we, we talked about the end in mind last week, but we don't have to, you know, act like we have to accomplish the goal this, you know, week. No, what's the next step for you? to walk this path. What's the next step for you to walk this path? The Bible says without faith, it is impossible to please God. Some of you are not demonstrating any faith in your life. The the, the media has has pushed so much fear into your heart that that you're you're not operating out of faith any longer. What is the one step? Maybe Maybe it's to go to base camp. Maybe it's take that next step and go to camp too. Maybe it's to, 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 to say, okay, I'm going to serve somewhere. Sign me up. We have all kinds of information on our website. In the atrium today, our volunteers, some staff are going to be there to talk about all of these different ministries. Just tell them what, what hey, here's what I'm thinking. They'll collect some, some info so that we can help connect you uh, in the future. Someone once said, you're not ready to live until you know what you're ready to die for. You're not ready to live until you know what you're ready to die for. Like, what is that in you, in your heart, 
that God said, this is what you're here to do. So here are the questions that I want to ask you today. You got to answer these in this series. What am I going to commit to become? You're not done. I'm not done. What are you becoming? What do you want to commit to become? And then we ask, where am I going to commit to serve? Where am I going to commit to serve? And what am I going to commit to give? These are the questions we've got to wrestle with. With the end in mind, who we want to be. Who, who am I going to commit to become? Where am I going to serve? What am I going to give? For some of you, that first step is to give your life to Jesus. You've never done that. You've never simply given your life to him. By faith, you've never said, I believe that your death paid for my sin. I confess that I'm a sinner and I turn from a life of sin and I turn to Jesus. You've never done that. Maybe today that's your step. Others of you, it's a step to serve. Whatever it is, let's just bow our heads for just a moment. And let's just faithfully ask God right here, right now. God, where do you want me to serve? What do you want me to give? What do you, who do I need to become? Anybody want to just admit before God today with a hand that, that would say, I've been A, ignoring, or B, running from God's call on my life? Just slip up your hand, put it back down. Anybody? See hands all over. I've been ignoring, been running from, hands all over. Pray for you guys today. How many of you would say, I am unsure about my salvation today. Anybody just lift up their hands. See another. See, sir. Anyone else? Say a couple. If you want to give your life to Christ today, I just want to encourage you to step out of your seat and go to our care and prayer room today and just say, I want to accept Christ. I want to accept Christ. They'll lead, they'll lead you. They'll walk with you. And you'll leave today with an assurance. It's more than just a prayer you pray. It's, 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 it's a life-changing decision. You walk out these doors, care and prayer is in the atrium. Just, just say, I want to give my life to Jesus. Father, you see hands, you're working in here. People running, people ignoring, people unsure. Lord, it's, it's now our role. It's now our job. We've got to commit to walk this path. This is where the rubber meets the road. This is where we, we tend to slip up. We tend to trip. Get distracted. Get discouraged. But Lord, you're working in this room. And I pray by faith that every single calling every single thing, God, that you are asking folks to do in this room, that we would be found faithful. Those far from you, I'm praying, God, that you would, you would save them today, help them to make that commitment today. Those who aren't serving, God, lead them to a place of ministry. Lord, we're here for you. And we are in a world that is divided and crazy and sometimes scary. And our 
anxiety is up and our, we're, we're just, sometimes it just kind of feels like we're in a fog right now dealing with everything that we're going through. But we want to move forward, God, and we know that, that you're calling us to take that step today. And so help us to do that. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening to this sermon from Foothills Church. If you made a decision to follow Christ while listening today, or if you have some more questions about what that looks like, then let us know. You can text FC Decision to 97000, or you can head over to foothillschurch.com slash decision. We hope you have a great week.